and we're live now. Welcome everybody to Bruin Source. My name is Isaiah. I'm Zed. And this is our first podcast episode. So, Zed, you want to introduce yourself? Uh, yeah. So I went to UCLA, graduated in 2013. Uh, I was a season ticket holder for football from for four or five years, from 14 to 18. And the only reason I gave them up is because I am back in school at UCLA and in at Anderson. So now I get to take advantage of that sweet Den Pass deal again. And I don't because I'm not back in school. I'm actually far away in New York, <laughs> also class of 2013. But uh, yeah, me and Zed, we had season tickets going back from 2014 um, after graduation up to last year. And so my different reasons, my reasons were different from Zed, but uh, we just we're still holding on. And just to give some background on why we started Bruin Source, I think, Zed, you gave a good explanation of why, which is two Bruins that love UCLA way too much. and A little too much. A bit much. Our friends think we're insane, but uh, we're the ho- we are. hopeless romantics uh, continuously. Uh, me, myself, I usually predict that we will win 10 to 12 games each uh, season. So... <laughs> predicted less than 10 ever i think i predicted nine and a half once so i gave one game a toss-up you're the eternal optimist and i'm the eternal pessimist and one day is gonna pay off i'm one day i mean i was a lot closer last season you were than you, you were. were you were so hopefully this season it'll balance out but um yeah i mean let's talk about last season oh my gosh so where do we start should we start with uh, Cincinnati? <laughs> <laughs> I was at that game. Tell me a little bit about it. So I was at that game. Um, I was at an Anderson uh, official tailgate. So there were a lot of people who didn't go to undergrad there. And so they were all really excited for you know Chip Kelly, the football team, being at the Rose Bowl, the whole thing. And I, you know was talking it up and talking about how great it's going to be. I've never been so embarrassed in my life. Just, we went out there and just got destroyed. Like, it was embarrassing. And all these people were looking at me like, the hell is wrong with you? Got our hopes up and we just lost to some school in Cincinnati? Like, it was a miserable, miserable experience. I have to say, from the from the East Coast, I was watching that game here um, in New York at the Alumni Bar, and everybody was pretty excited. We didn't know what our team was going to look like. Uh, most predictions going into the season were, I would say, what would you say, seven and five? Like, okay, first year, seven and five, get to a bowl, um, maybe win that eight game, goes eight and five. But we were looking at a pretty good season by most standards. Um, so it was quite surprising to see a team that was four and eight coming into the season in Cincinnati, also a young team, uh, pretty much manhandle our team. Um, one thing we did also ignore is that the suspensions that were boss Tagaloa, Moses, Robinson Carr, Devin Asiasi. So we, but we just didn't know the impact that they would have later on in the season. But that's, that's fair. Um, I just, I think 
just overall expectations were to at least win that game or be competitive and we were nowhere close to being competitive in most of that game. Yeah, we had the. I guess the highlight was when um, when Allen Casimir Allen uh, ripped off that that crazy run. run yeah. yeah, and everybody's oh, that's the Chip Kelly. We thought we had seen what the what the season was gonna look like, just a glimpse. Uh, it turned out that was just going to be pretty rare. Yeah, and honestly, I mean, from a win-loss perspective, it didn't get much better than that. We had that that game against Cal where we crushed them. The defense and offense, everything looked pretty good, and I everyone thought that was going to be the turning point, and then it wasn't really. It was sort of a fool's gold game, and then, I mean, we we were both there, but that, that USC game was obviously very... Uh, satisfying yeah and i mean that was that was a close game it wasn't they did go up by seven points at one point and then uh actually i stand correct it wasn't seven points but they they, they did go up on us and then finally we responded with the um, with the josh kelly again coming to say save the day on that one um yeah i mean you know for as bad as three wins a three-one season was. There were some some positives of the season. There were some players I think that emerged over over twenty eighteen. A lot of which are still on the team this year, um, both on offense and defense. Um, hopefully that you know kind of keep going from where they left off. Then you just mentioned one of them. Josh Kelly was a monster. And I would say out of the 12 games, nine of them was where he actually was a full-time. It wasn't until game four, um, the Colorado, that he finally was getting the carries as, as our RB1, and we got to see who he was for the rest of the season. Uh, right, and I, I feel like the, the country's sleeping on this kid. He is. I mean, they are. I agree. Um, I've seen a few articles. There are a few writers that clearly uh, still follow Kelly in, in UCLA, and they're including him in their top 15 to 20 running backs in the country. But for the most part, yeah, he's he's not in the conversation. Most of the Pac-12, they're talking about Eno Benjamin, um, J.J. Taylor. Right. I, I, I think he's going to have a better year than... than Taylor for sure. I don't know about Benjamin. I forget the the kid up at Oregon is pretty good too, but yeah, he's gonna be in the top two or three backs in the Pac-12 this year. That's my very optimistic prediction. And I think that's pretty fair. So we'll see. Yeah. But um, aside from that, last year I also we did we were pretty close to being Stanford again. We lost to them for eleventh time, um, and then. Uh, Arizona was a close game, but we, and then we lost Arizona State by three points. Um, and then Washington, we gave them a hell of a matchup, who ended up actually being, you know, winning the Pac-12. Uh, so, and that was arguably, I mean, not even arguably, it was DTR's uh, best game of the season. Um, even though he still wasn't the DTR we were hoping he was, he had a few drives that we just really showed us a glimpse of what he could be as a as a sophomore um, in the second year. I mean, a lot of this, you know, 
2018 was up and down with him. 2019 is really, I think, going to hinge on his development. Um, but we can we can talk about him a little later. But I mean, aside from aside from DTR and Kelly, I mean, Tagaloa when he came in was fantastic. Um, Caleb Wilson was, you know, who's not going to be there next year, but the guy was incredible. I mean, yeah, he was our workhorse. On the off- he was a workhorse, so that's gonna be that's gonna be something to look out for. And then, to, as as you know, production that needs to be replaced. And then, hopefully, Theo is gonna be that go-to guy this year. He had what fifty something targets Fif- with zero drops. Yeah, fifty-one catches, and he dropped zero. So, you know, I I can't. I can't think of the last time UCLA had a receiver that uh, no, I, didn't drop the I ball. think the closest, I mean, I, he wasn't even at this level in terms of steady hands, was uh, Jordan Payton. But Jordan, he, he dropped some balls. I remember some key ones. But uh, Theo, yeah, he's he's probably been the most reliable hands we've seen of, I could say, this decade. Uh, as we close this out in 2019. But... But I think, you know, looking back at 2019, I think the offense showed a lot of life throughout the season. What was more worrying, I thought, was the defense. We still can't stop the run, or couldn't, couldn't. For most of the season. Yeah, we had young guys. We had uh, we had outside linebackers overshooting the play. Um, and, yeah, it was just it just looked like a young team on that on that side, on the front, on the front seven. Um, no pressure on the quarterback. Ever. No pressure. Quarter hat back had all day every opposing one um, to do what they wanted to do to hit the man to go through their reads. Yeah, it was it was not good. Um, I mean, that being said, we were super thin at middle linebacker. You know, Barnes, Chris Barnes, who was kind of the light came on for him throughout the season, looked pretty good for. Uh, towards the end, second half of the season, but aside from him, I mean, who was who's the second middle linebacker in there? Was it it was uh, Javari or Tyree? I forget which. It was Tyree. Tyree Thompson, and those were uh, those are JUCO transfers that came in. So right. um, that kind of speaks to to the depth of the that chart, you know. Especially losing Josh Woods was a big hit in uh, camp last year, but we're hoping that Bo Calvert comes on. He turns it up, um, and then some more more of the other guys that are healthy and older. The the, the secondary looked good. Darnay was fantastic. Elijah Gates looked good for a lot of the year. You know, um, some of the, uh, what's his face, the safety, um, Carnell, uh, Blaylock too, and then Lake. Lake Bruin was Bruin Legacy, Carnell Lake's son. He looked good. So there's there's a lot of uh, talent and some pieces there to work with going into 2019 that I'm excited for. I think hopefully some of these kids put it together and hopefully we have some schemes that put them in place to, to succeed. So we'll see. Um, so that was sort of a quick 2019 or 2018 recap. Now, this summer's been kind of crazy, and the off season's been pretty wild. Yeah, it's actually been strange. It's somehow it's been. I would say it hasn't been that much turnover on the coaches' front, 
right? And I guess you expect that for the second year of a new, uh, you know, new regime and a new coach. But I guess the movement, I mean, Chip Kelly, we all know he was going to come in and change the culture, but it has brought in mixed reviews necessarily how fast it has happened. Um, in regards of the 35 players that have left the program in one way or another, whether it's a transfer or early graduation, which I don't think they, they should count if they're going to the NFL after with one year of el- right. eligibility. But um, there's other players that you look at and you're like, oh, maybe we could have used them just you know for a player here to, to give some players rest. But regardless of that, um, yeah, we it, it, there's been you know a bit of movement in terms of that end but uh at the same time things have seemed steady like the program is still it doesn't seem like things are shaky inside like his house is still together in regards of what he's doing right that's that's the interesting part to me it's like they still see at least you know to the public it still seems like they are you know charting the same course that they set out to to follow from the very beginning and despite you know losing all these kids like and and not just you know some backups here and there like you lose the guys like Jalen Phillips who are big five-star recruits with tons of talent um it hasn't seemed to phase anybody that really the only the on the coaching side I mean they lost they they got rid of Manning or I guess Manning actually left to Oklahoma um, yeah. which, you know, might be subtra- uh, addition by subtraction. I don't know. Special teams were awful last year, so. By far one of our worst units in decades. Right. It was not good. And then, I mean, Fry got promoted to OL coach, um, or who was OL coach, promoted to OC. I'm interested to see if he's actually going to call plays, but, you know, he's a hell of a OL coach, so. Hopefully that works out. Yeah, and then also Derek Sage was promoted as well. That's someone uh, that I think we, we it's, it'll be interesting to see how he handles the special teams now. Right. Right, yeah, he's handling special teams. So hopefully, well, you know, there's it's you can't really go much further down than we were last year. So we'll see how that goes. Um the the interesting part we talked about kind of the pass rush issue we had you know a key player that we now know has been at least suspended for four games um Keyshawn Lucier South well I think I I do think I think it's three games well they said he could be back by the fourth game is the originally the rumor was that it was going to be four games and then uh Chip spoke out in the media me today and he said that uh he's out for camp and then and then at least three games so they're hope it sounds like it lines up to the academic calendar of the fall um is what you know common sense tells us right well hopefully hopefully we can uh they can get that cleared up because they're gonna need that kid yeah and I I mean one of the things I just wish he even if it was the first two games I would feel better but we would need him versus Oklahoma. Um, I don't know if one of some of the younger guys are gonna step up in that position. Would whether it's gonna be Elijah Wade, who came into Westwood looking like he was ready 
to play before, you know, and he had a, a few injuries during his freshman year. But hopefully we'll have somebody that breaks out in, in the first three games um, that clearly has benefited from Chip Kelly and Coach Az's, um system. Right. It'll, yeah, it'll be interesting. I mean, there's a little bit more depth there now. I don't know about how much talent there is uh, behind Keyshawn, or proven talent, I guess I should say. Um, but I, it would be a big, big help if they can get him cleared. So Yeah, and I mean, it, for us fans who are obsessed with looking at his Twitter activity, he seems like he is uh, he's determined to return back and uh, get it going because he knows he has a few national eyes on him to see if he he'll turn out to you know have the season that we all expected him to have when he signed on as a five star uh, right a five star player right this is sort of his last chance to kind of brush that bust label off of him yeah and he and he's one of the last more players that uh, one of the few. That have survived this. So seeing, um, we all we're all hoping for. I mean, not just for the success of the program, but just for as a Bruin. So hopefully he gets it back. He's almost there. Yeah. Uh, speaking of moral players, is how many how many do we have left on the team? Do that is know? a good question. We should look that up. That'll be for the next podcast. Um, Theo. Theo was recruited under more, I believe. Theo, yeah. Uh, taking a glimpse over the chart. There's maybe there's feels like a handful. There's definitely more, but I mean, boss. Diamond Lee, boss. Uh, Devin ICS, he, tra- uh, he transferred. Um, Jordan right. Wilson, Matt Lynch, um, Burton. So there's still Burton. yeah. We got a few. Tulsa, Tyler Manoa. Well, Tyler actually did. He he signed after um, Morris firing. Oh, we got a we got a few. Wasn't Kaz also? No, that was that Allen? was actually Chip Kelly's first recruit to um, to commit. Commit yeah. right, but Mora was recruiting him. I don't even think no 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 that was the thing. The story behind that was um, Chip Kelly when he first signed on, he went to the track coach, and he asked him, "Who are you recruiting?" And he showed him Kaz, and he said, "I want that kid." And Deshaun Foster was sent out um, to go get him to go meet up with him and then they sealed the deal easily because he he essentially saw his speed and how he was one of the fastest players in the state um so yeah that story in itself that was like chip kelly being chip kelly and hopefully that so, turns so chip chip's not a complete bum at recruiting <laughs> i i will refrain from my opinions on his recruiting approach for now <laughs> for the sake of uh, this episode yeah, that's a that can that can be its own episode. Yeah. <laughs> Signing day special. Exactly. We'll save that for February after the season. After we go uh, ten and two. Oh God. Maybe two and ten. Oh yeah, twelve and one. Oh God. Um, so fall camp starts tomorrow. Um, Wednesday. The f- Wednesday. Wednesday. Yeah. As in, we're recording this on Monday and. This will be released before fall camp um, tomorrow. So that makes fall camp on Wednesday. Yeah. Tomorrow. It's the it's the best time of year. Now we can see how 
which players are gonna gonna do well and try to project them into the season and then fail miserably like we do. Yeah. So, what are some who are some players that you're looking out for yourself that you want to read on? Ooh. Me. Well, DTR. Obviously, I think everyone has has their eyes on him. Um, but aside from that, I I think guys like Alec Anderson and Sean Ryan, that kind of battle at left tackle, that's going to be super important. Um, let's see if Asiasi looks the part to kind of take over Wilson's um, role there. Um, I'm excited to see some of these like young running backs behind uh, Kelly. Guys like Keegan Jones coming yeah. in. Yeah. supposed to be really fast. And he was a that'll late be, commit um, last year. He just right. he showed up. And uh, because of what happened with, I believe he was signed on for Navy. Is that correct? It was either Navy or Army. It was Navy, and I believe then Michigan and us started recruiting him. And so he w- he decided to go elsewhere. Go west. I'm not mad about it. Um, and then kind of on defense, just really how how do we look against the run and can we attack the, the QB? I'm curious to see that as well. I mean, as they say, you know, defense usually wins the first couple of practices, but it's all about seeing uh, how the offenses uh, progress, especially once they start throwing in wrinkles later on in but again, this is the second year that they they are working with the playbook. Um, they have do you th- some tape. Do you think we see some like defensive scheme changes? Um, I you know what I don't expect so. Um, I think they're banking on the the players being older, a lot more well conditioned. Um, but I wasn't okay. I wasn't too mad about the scheme in terms of some of the blitzes. Uh, I thought we blitzed a lot more than um, we have in the past when we had. Oh, when we had that one defensive coordinator <laughs> from West Virginia. Post-Spanos. <laughs> Post-Spanos, who had this bend but don't break defense. Uh, uh, no, the, the, uh, Tom Bradley. Yeah, exactly. From Penn State. Yeah. Um, so uh, I, did, I did like the scheme a little bit more. I think for our personnel and just the college game, I think the 4-3 hybrid is if you have the athletes um, at linebacker, you can, you can do some damage. So I'm okay. Do we have the athletes at linebacker? No, hopefully we do this year or else there's going to be some changes. Um, but I do, I think Bo Calvert, I think he turns out to, um, to be a great player in the middle. Um, I expect Elijah Wade again on, uh, he will be on the outside as well. I expect him to have a breakout year. Um, and then in the middle, I, Mafi looks, he looks, looks like he's gotten into shape. And then Otito also, uh, I mean, you've seen he's won two championships in pot and putt shot. So, um, that's a good sign. It shows our players are active. Oh yeah. He's at the, at the Pan Am. Yeah. And won that championship. And then, uh. And then also Osa is like listed. I mean, he, if you see the guy, he's just chiseled. He's a freak. So we need him to to deliver just the same way his older brother did. Um, 
so yeah, I think I mean in terms of that, our front seven, uh, we have those guys there. Uh, it's just a matter of consistently keeping them healthy and making sure they're conditioned. <clears throat> yeah, um, I think Mafi Mafi takes a leap this year, being in better shape, still being huge, and just you know he's just going to be hopefully be able to stay on the field a lot more. Yeah, and I mean, you just need guys that are over 350 um, in the middle, especially for these games. You need guys that are over 350. So, you think they finally have jerseys that fit? <laughs> Hopefully, Under Armour seems to to be doing well with our our jersey. So, maybe they'll figure something out. Um. So we briefly mentioned the 2018 version of special teams and how Derek Sage is now coaching it um, after Manning left. What are, you, what are you looking out for there? I mean, we still have Molson. So I, I actually so. think, I think Molson is going to, to do well enough to be on the shortlist for the Lou Garza. Uh, hearing him in spring, it looked like it sounded like he wasn't um, missing too many field goals, um, and he's going to turn out to be, you know, the high high deliver on his ranking. That when he came into to UCLA, I believe he was wasn't he the number one kicker, in uh, in yeah, a country. Well, I mean, so. he's coming from Canada, but you know, he was number one kicker in both countries. So <laughs> that's pretty good <laughs> in terms of that. Fair. Yeah. So. Uh, I I think he he's been uh, people really gave him a lot of shit, but he's been a pretty good kicker. I mean, I we've been also just sort of really lucky with kickers with Forbath and Fairbairn after him, and so uh, in comparison, you know, he might not have been those guys, but you know, Fairbairn Fairbairn had his fair fair amount of struggles his first couple of years too, and then was amazing his senior year so hopefully you know Molson can also you know take that leap but he's been pretty good and solid especially in the world of college football where there's some bad kickers out there yeah didn't he what was his long last year he hit a pretty long field goal at one point Ooh, I don't know I mean mid the high 40s i would guess i don't think he ever hit a 50 he might have maybe i just wanted him to but maybe he'll do it this year Fair, if he hasn't i think Fairbairn definitely did yeah before him but i mean i think with kickers they especially turned it on by their their last year but it's, it's just so mental it can turn on the next year and we've seen with kickers i mean it's college kickers but I, I do think I expect him to be um, reliable enough where, you know, I mean, we all joke that Chip Kelly doesn't, coming into UCLA, Chip Kelly's not going to go for it on fourth downs, and we're excited about that. But uh, we've seen a more mellow Chip Kelly in terms of finding his more multiple scheme offense that right. that is uh, strays away from, you know, kind of the rapid pace and up-tempo that he, uh, he had at Oregon. Right. And so. so hopefully, yeah. No, that that's fair. Speaking of not going for on fourth down, we have a new punter. We do, which is, um, I believe he's older than us, which is a first. Like Forty-five. <laughs> yeah. I thought he was sixty. Oh my gosh, 
Yeah, he comes in. He's he's he's, he's retirement age for yeah, sure. Yeah, I think he may be the one of the first Bruins to come to enroll and already be married. So, uh, welcome Wade Lees. Does he have grandkids? Maybe. Maybe they can play with us too. <laughs> Are we recruiting them <laughs> soon? Everybody, the whole family's getting scholarships. Um, so yeah. Uh, Wadesley, I'm excited to see. Uh, Chip Kelly mentioned he was like, yeah, you know, we've seen how other teams are going towards the the more rugby style kicking, and so uh, I think that's going to be fun. I'm actually excited to see how our punts are going to look. Um, it's he's Australian, yeah, right? yeah, and he's Australian. He's Aussie. He's coming from the University of Maryland. Um, one of our transfers. And I I do expect him maybe it's because of his age to be pretty steady on um, delivering uh, you know some booms and and putting it back for he should have the confidence and I mean unless we start off six and zero it's not like we're going to be playing in really really loud stadiums for the most part so yeah. shouldn't get too rattled hopefully. And then also, I would say this, so returning kicks, I think um, returning kicks, you should have Keegan Jones and Kyle Phillips. I actually, I'm going against, I don't want Darnay Holmes returning. I know he averaged about 35 yards per return. I know he had the the return for a touchdown um, last year against Stanford, which put us back into the game late. But I actually, I just, I think he's too valuable as a DB. And I think we have so many guys with speed, whether it's Christian Grubb, the new uh, freshman that came on that we offered a scholarship late, um, who's one of the fastest kids in California. Casimir uh, is fast, but I wouldn't have him as a, a, a as a kick returner. But I just think Kyle Phillips, he's really fast. And then Keegan Jones, who uh, just to have those two out there and rotate between them. Um, I mean... We're, last year, we didn't even really use the return game as a weapon. We took the we rule, took the twenty-five yeah. almost every yeah. time. Yeah, that's true. So it's interesting. I guess yeah, I, we don't have as much data to see if that's going to be a trend because it was the first season with the new rule where you can kneel um, for twenty-five yards if you're whiffing. Uh, I yeah I I understand the speed aspect, but I would slightly disagree with you i would prioritize hands over over speed in this case only because i just jaded from past uh returning returning uh night we had quite a with, few uh, ucla yeah. <laughs> so we had quite a few hands uh, that had never seemed to be the strength of uh of our of our receivers and kick returners so Oh no! I mean, how many times did we see Kenny Hill drop open long bombs down down the field? Oh, you mean Kenny Walker? Oh, you mean Kenny Walker. Walker yeah, Walker, Walker, not Hill. Not uh, Hill. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that he's probably left about twenty. But we won't go. We won't go back with alumni who uh, who clearly tried their hardest to. <laughs> I still have not, I still have nightmares. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I guess, and then in terms of that, I am, I'm excited to see, what I'm excited to see also is just um, how 
I, I just want to see Chip Kelly in year two. Um, and then also with his, I, is this the first time in college that he hasn't taken the OC position or ha- that he's given it up? I'm not sure. So that'll be interesting to see how much play calling he's giving Fry, um, you know, and if he's relinquishing that, if he's taking on more CEO role and uh, less of the X and O's on the game day. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, hopefully Fry's OL coaching doesn't suffer because of it. Because, I mean, I I was very impressed with what he did with the OL last year. Um, and hopefully we continue. We have the, the starters are mostly back. And, and if we can keep that unit healthy, that can be a strength of the team now. If even one of those guys goes down, then we're pretty screwed. Yeah. Um, depth again will be not at the ideal position for this year, but much better than last year um, with older guys. But again, we would like about seven to eight more players that we know will be um, able to contribute on the field. So that will be a question to see how uh, fall camp will affect that on hand. Right, well, yeah, just the kind of dynamic of Fry, you know, where he's focused on in terms of either is he designing plays, is he, you know, changing schemes, or is he still mostly focused on OL and the the title change is mostly just for kind of a pay, a pay raise, basically. Yeah. Um, yeah. Is it ceremonial or is it actually him being handed over the reins and say... Yeah. Right, and I mean, by all accounts, he's supposed to be really bright, you know, younger coach. So, you know, maybe he'll he'll surprise everyone and have some good stuff lined up for offensive play calling, but I, I, I'm I not convinced that he's going to be calling the plays. Yeah, not under Chip yeah, Kelly. Under I think Chip Kelly is, uh, it's just, it, it, after now his fifth, fifth season in uh, college football, well, this year would actually be it's going to be his sixth after his fifth. So after his fifth, and then after three years and or four years in the NFL, I just think that he uh, will have his hands into and in, pretty much involved on that end. Yeah, and if uh, if he doesn't um, if he does relinquish control, then I'm going to be really worried that we have a broken Chip Kelly. <laughs> yeah, the wrong Chip Kelly. And I would say not even a, this would be, you know, some people say, oh, they joke like, oh, we have the 49er Chip Kelly, but Chip Kelly only got a year and he got a pretty bad deal with that one. So I would say this is a pretty new broken Chip Kelly if that is what we get. This is one we haven't seen. I mean, seen. maybe the Niners just really broke him and now he's just breaking more. I Can we know. just blame the Niners on this one? For doing this, fine with me. Well, you're you're a Raiders fan, so you're ready to blame them anyway. <laughs> I'm just gonna blame them in advance if we don't have our uh, 12 and one season with the Pac-12 championship in their so, Levi Stadium. It's their fault for the last well, year. They're moving out last. It's the last year. Yeah, it only makes sense that uh, Chip Kelly makes his last appearance there. Well, hopefully, that would be. Poetic. Yep. So, all right. I think that's it for fall right. camp. We're, yeah. We'll. Um, you have any any final final thoughts or comments? 
Um, well, for fall camp, stay healthy uh, and make the plays. I'm excited. I'm gonna. I'm expecting uh, again defense to win, and then I really just want to avoid reading reports of um, Austin Burden um, playing better than DTR uh, and us having this. I don't want any quarterback controversy. I would prefer DTR's name, the starter, and I think he will um, pretty early on, and I don't want it to go into game week. Uh, I want him to take control. I want him to deliver, and I want him to do well. So, yeah, that's essentially it. And then I'm excited, I have to say, uh, in terms of wide receivers going back, I want to see Jalen Irwin, the last chance last you. Chance you um, appearance and then I want him to do the same thing he did to independence I want him to do it to the Pac-12 <laughs> in Cincinnati San Diego State and Oklahoma so I'm looking forward to seeing him as a deep threat and I'm also looking forward to to seeing our bigger guys Chase Coda and Michael Iziki, uh becoming more red zone targets and becoming reliable hands in the same way we've seen other programs in the Pac-12 which I won't say have big receivers and continuously won't say but <laughs> um so yeah i'm excited to see how our wide receivers take on different roles um the speedy i think we have talented enough guys we have reliable hands and howard and speedy guys and erwin and phillips and felton and then big guys in chase coda um nujoku nujoku yeah, and those guys, and see, and then also, oh, one thing, freshman impact. I'm I'm excited to see the guys, uh, the the how the new freshmen come in. If any make any impact or like Michael. Oh, also, I can't, I can't. I would be so mad if I didn't mention Devin Asiasi. I think he's gonna break out this year, and he's gonna fill in fine for Caleb Wilson. So I think he's going to be. Um, a guy who gets us the first down on the third and six, third and seven, and also a red zone threat. Um, he's going to roll out for some you know, special plays that we'll have, whether it's play action. And he's going to be that one to push in um, into the end zone. So I'm, I will actually, I'm not going to go ahead and say this, but I think he would have, I don't think he's going to have the production that Wilson had, but I think he's going to have... Um, impact on the game um, as much as Wilson did. He's just that talented. Yeah, that, there's there's definitely a lot of stuff that, I mean, it's just, I mean, year two of Chip Kelly's is going to be interesting in fall. I just want two things not to happen. No injuries on the OL and no injuries at linebacker. If we can, If we can avoid that, and stay healthy and just, you know, practice and get these schemes and plays down right, I think we can be pretty successful. But remains to be seen. I agree. We're going 10-2. So. I won't go that far. <laughs> um, all right. Well, thank you again. Next, uh, next episode, we will be going over our updates in camp and then also starting to preview the season. Um, with uh, a few fun tidbits but uh, looking at Cincinnati and some games going forward possible predictions um, anything else that we should go over in our next episode? No, I think that sounds good 
we're we're excited to watch fall camp next week. Uh, I know what I'll be doing: refreshing every few minutes uh, during the the workday. On Twitter, getting getting whatever information we can get. Get ready for the F five button. It's gonna be broken by the time <laughs> August twenty ninth comes around. Oh yeah, and so in looking at camp, I think they didn't officially announce, but uh, it starts on Wednesday and it should end Friday, August twenty third. It usually ends the Friday before, and there's twenty practices. So just some notes for all our listeners out there. Um, to put on your calendar and then it's usually how chip did it last year it was four practices and one rest day four practices and then one rest day and he did this five times um a sequence of five so yeah i'm looking forward to it it's going to go by fast and then soon enough we will uh be right there in the season yeah i'll be i'll try to go uh camp out on the parking lot <laughs> parking lot eight Spy, bring, <laughs> bring the binoculars hank Hang out on. with a few of our uh, other diehards. Yeah, some of the some of the the older guys hanging out with with me. All right, cool. Well, we will see you guys next week and have a awesome first uh, week of fall camp. Yeah, go Bruins. Go Bruins. Go Bruins.